And now we are live with episode one of Guest. Fuck, bud. That sounds so nice. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start here with some introductions and stuff. I'm Gigabit Gaming. I'm sure many of you have seen me on Twitch, Discord, whatever. Uh, and then I'll let you take it over now, Tommy. Uh, yeah, so my name's Tommy Nash. Um, I got a bachelor's in computer science information technology. Right now I am a GIS analyst. And you can follow me on all my socials, Instagram, Twitter. I'll put the links up there Twitch, on the screen for both of us. Instagram, here. Twitter, Twitch. It's all just Tommy Nish. No space. Nothing like that. Well, I, I uh, guess. And I, and I stream on Twitch. That's about it. You only really got two options now. Anyways, really, YouTube and Twitch. Not many people are on the Facebook stuff. Yeah, I, I guess you can go to Facebook if you want to. But that's more so, I feel like you're reaching out to people that you know and your family and stuff and then you got to try to build a community off of that yeah uh so for myself i am a computer network and security technician uh, essentially i do home and business wi-fi installations for access points as well as camera systems and that kind of thing nothing too advanced but i mean it's still stuff that people need in their homes uh, you can actually see right here <laughs> my diploma in computer networking and technology <laughs> So, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, got him there, little boy, you know, a little brag. You got to have that stuff there, man. There you go. I got to hang mine up. I, why haven't you? Uh, it's honestly, it's just in my bedroom. It's just kind of sitting there <laughs> on a shelf. I, I should I, probably get a frame for it and hang it up. Put it right smack dab right there. I think it looks really nice to have an accomplishment up on the wall. You know, if someone comes That's over, they idea. can just like look at it. And then they're like, man, this guy knows mm -hmm. what's going on. So yeah, we got some topics here that we can discuss. Uh, we just kind of want to get through our introduction as well, and I want to touch on that this is also going to be a weekly podcast. I'm not sure exactly what date we're going to do. Obviously, today is Monday, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be going on Monday, if not Tuesday, but uh, you're watching this, so you'll know. Uh, yeah. But essentially, uh, we're going to try and target, I think, early in the week for an upload. Yeah, I was thinking if we can either record the podcast on Sunday or Monday and then release it for a Tuesday at the latest, that way... You got some content to listen to, and then we can work on for the next week episode. Um, but this podcast is called Guest Podcast, and you may wonder what the heck is G-E-S-T, and that stands for Gaming, Esports, Streaming, and Technology. And we're going to be talking about all four of those things every podcast. We're going to get news from each thing. It's going to be updated weekly. We're going to have some great things, some great topics. And, I mean, we're filled with news today. This is our very first episode. So, Giga, what are some things that you're interested about talking to today? Uh, my biggest thing is definitely RTX. The new 3000 series looks just oh, baby. phenomenal. There's a lot of news related with that that's been coming out more and more. And I guess more less mainstream but more personal to me is Series Sam 4 is coming mm -hmm. out this month. And I'm very stoked to play that game, as well as new information on Wi-Fi 6 and a newer revision that is going to be coming out in about a year or so, which is also really exciting for myself personally. What about you, Tommy? What do you, what do you got on the, on here that you're really looking forward to talking about? Uh, so I'm pretty excited to talk about some of the October releases. We got some good games coming out there. I want to talk about the new Call of Duty coming out, which is, I think, coming out in November, right? Uh, and then... Um, so. just some just some debatable topics like uh game prices going up the epic games versus apple debate and we got some esports and streaming news in there as well that we're gonna touch up on i think we decided that we're gonna start on the rtx stuff 
which to me is is I think kind of like the biggest new hot thing right now because everyone in PC gaming is like nutting over this stuff and I, and I don't blame them it's it's very good uh very good new stuff so the thing the thing that makes me most excited is the price points yeah so we have the RTX 3070 which is and and proven to perform about the same as a 2080 Ti and it's about five hundred dollars, and compared like a twenty eighty Ti was like what fifteen hundred US dollars or fourteen hundred. I was just gonna, yeah, I was gonna say it was basically more than double the price. And the thirty seventy performance wise, very good. Digital Foundry has a video, and I, and I'll put that link in the description for you guys to watch. Has a video on <clears throat> their uh, performance in like look that they have, and Nvidia wouldn't let them share specific fps numbers but they did compare it to a 2080 ti and this was a 3080 versus that and all the games that they tested were 4k at max settings and they were hitting like anywhere between 70 and 95 percent faster than a 2080 ti which is That's for 700 dollars is insane especially when you're talking like max settings 4k because you're just going to be able to do anything you want at that point yeah especially if you're not gaming at 4k like 1080p like CS:GO and games like that. Like now, your biggest bottleneck is going to be your CPU for sure. That the GPUs are so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying that the 3080 right is is twice as powerful as the uh 2080 Ti. Yeah, uh, they're they're saying it's it's about a hundred percent faster. And Digital Foundry's testing didn't show that yet. But keep in mind, drivers are early, and these are early samples of the cards, so performance yeah. can still definitely go up. I think. And spec wise, like it's just nuts. Like the 3080 is 8704 CUDA cores with a boost clock of 1.7 gigahertz and 10 gigabytes of GDDR6X. So you're talking memory speeds that were like I think 19.5 gigabit per second, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that sounds insane. They're also drawing in a lot of power, 320 watts. Yeah, kind uh, of insane. Asus, uh, I was looking at their website earlier, suggests having at least a power supply about 750 to 850 watt because their model is pre-overclocked and is going to draw about 400 watts when it's oh, full wow. load. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's a insane. lot. Yeah, but even like the 3090, which to me it's in a weird spot because it's priced really premium-like and it jumps yeah. from 10 gigabytes of VRAM from the 3080 all the way up to 24 and you're like, you know, most games don't require more than six. So shooting up to 24 gigabytes is like crazy. And that's why the price tag's so high. It's got a really big premium. That I just don't think that the 3090 is going to be like needed for video games for so long. Like that's like for some like high resolution video processing or something like yeah. that, would you say? Like, they, they even have a graph that NVIDIA has released at 8K, high settings, RTX on, if the game has RTX, and they're showing their FPS metrics for their averages, mm -hmm. and now they don't really get too in-depth on the whole system and everything they use, but just to put it in perspective, Rock, or, uh, yeah, Rocket League, 108 FPS average at 8K, Rainbow Six Siege, 72 FPS, Apex Legends, 65, Destiny 2, 60 and even a game like Control, now this is using DLSS because mm -hmm. Control without DLSS is like 10 FPS <laughs> at 8K, but it's almost 60 when DLSS is on. And that is just wild. The fact that 
six months ago, if you would have said, like, oh, man, like, when do you think we're going to be, like, gaming in 8K? I'd laugh at you. I'd be like, that is ridiculous. Like, not for any any long time. Like, it's going to be forever. Like, five-plus years easy before we even think about it. And now, prettier. And for the viewers, can you explain what DLSS means? Because I don't even know if I'm sure what that it's, stands for. It's, uh, I think it's called Deep Learning Super Sampling. And it's okay. a new method that NVIDIA is using that's AI-based to control anti-aliasing in-game. And <clears throat> by using that over like regular TAA or any other kind of anti-aliasing, it gives massive performance increases versus standard anti-aliasing tech. Okay. And this is why... Even if AMD's graphics cards that come out, like the big Navi stuff, is really good. Like, let's say they have one that can perform like a 3080. It doesn't mm. have DLSS, and it doesn't have new NVENC, which for me personally is a huge reason why I'm going to buy it. Because then I can go to NVENC, which, you know, a lot of people, if you're not too into streaming, you might not know, but it does actually look better than a medium preset X264, which is like pretty much the best that you can reasonably do on X264. So... That is a huge benefit for myself that I can swap yeah. over to GPU encoding instead of CPU. And and another thing is the 8K. Like I don't even think I've seen anything in 8K so far. So yeah, like that's just gonna be like I've barely seen 4K the way it is. And moving over to 8K, like I can't wait to see something be played in 8K. There's only because that's just honestly just sounds insane. Like, Linus has a video where they game in 8K, but it uses, like, I think 16 different displays, and NVIDIA's, uh, I don't remember what the tech's called, but it's, uh, oh my god, it's right on the tip of my tongue, that's actually really gonna piss me off. Uh, Mosaic, I think that's what it is, NVIDIA Mosaic, which is, like, the same thing that people in, like, stadiums will use to control, like, a huge monitor, because when you think, that's not, like, one huge panel, it's a bunch of different little ones. And Mosaic allows it to control it as it's one. So it gets rid of, as best it can, the bezels and stuff like that. And that's why you get a better looking image. And that's what they used to game on. And that was nuts. In fact, I think they went all the way up to 16K with like four 2080 Ti's or something like that. But anyways, that that, that didn't actually go that well for them. <laughs> that's just wild. Yeah. There's. So yeah, basically look forward to some... New graphics card. When are, when are they set to release? Uh, it should be in a month or two. I don't think there's... To my knowledge, I don't think there's like a release date at the moment. But I think it's within a month or two. Uh, okay. Probably won't be getting any partner cards for two months. I don't know if any of them are coming out right on launch. Maybe like Asus or EVGA has one that's going to come out right on launch. But there's going to be some other ones that are going to go a little, uh, a little later. But that's okay. If they can stay at their MSRP of like 500 and 700 respectively for the 3070 and 3080, that's going to be wild. Absolutely. But if you're looking at like 3080s that are like 1,000, that's not that great of a deal compared to 700, that's for sure. Yeah, so I'm thinking about building a, a newer PC next year. So I'm excited to see what else is going to be added with, especially the 3070, 3080 price points. Uh, not by this time, but probably like June of next year, I'm going to be looking to build a new PC. So I'll be excited to see what's going on then. Even, um, is there anything else that, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, it's not directly, I mean, it kind of is, but like use cards now, like GPUs and stuff are going for like dirt cheap. Like people selling 2080 TIs for like 400 bucks used. 
I did see that there was like a like, mass selling of their 2080s going on right now because people are just ready for the 3080s. Like that's and insane because like now if you're trying to build a budget PC for like let's say 600 bucks and you can yeah. buy like a 2080 for 300 dollars, like that's insane. Like your deal's mm -hmm. crazy. It's, it kills consoles off too because why would you bother buying a console if I can get a cheap PC that costs similar to a console but it performs way better? Yeah. Uh. So that being said, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about tech-wise? Uh, the RTX stuff's pretty much the biggest thing. I mean, I, I have some stuff on Wi-Fi here, but that Wi-Fi 6E, uh, I could touch on that just for a brief moment. It's not crazy yet. So, like, the current Wi-Fi standard is Wi-Fi 5 or AC Wi-Fi. The new okay. standard is Wi-Fi 6 or AX, so... Uh, they use 802.11ac in most of your devices. Your phone would be AC. A Wi-Fi card that you buy for your computer would be AC. Mm -hmm. Unless you're deliberately trying to find 802.11ax or Wi-Fi 6 devices, they're not that mainstream yet. Higher-end routers that it might be like four or 500 bucks would have AX Wi-Fi. And the advantages over that versus AC are that they're able to handle more devices at once and more bandwidth at the same time. Wi-Fi 6E is even going to improve upon Wi-Fi 6 even further. And that's going to allow it to communicate with even more devices at the same time. And it's using the 6 gigahertz Wi-Fi band instead of 5. So it does support 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, but also 6 gigahertz. And the reason why that's so important is because there's no devices currently in the market that are on 6 gigahertz. So only new devices and Wi-Fi 6E capable access points are going to be able to use the 6 gigahertz band. So that means it's going to be a really clean channel with like zero interference. Because imagine okay. if you're trying to connect to an access point and you're the only one on this channel, your connection is going to be phenomenal. And 6 gigahertz is going to give you even more speed than 5 at obviously slightly lower range. Big reason why this is exciting though is for wireless VR tech that can now tap into the 6 gigahertz range on the headsets for newer ones. And that'll allow even faster data transfer and an even more uh, seamless experience when you're using a wireless headset. Okay, so like a like a shorter response time, you're saying? Yeah, it just can handle more bandwidth at once. And obviously, when you're doing VR and you're trying to send video through the air, that's a lot of bandwidth, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I honestly need to do some brushing up on networking. That's one of the things I'm interested in. But right now, I know nothing because I just graduated college and kind of said screw it for now yeah but i do i do want to brush up on my networking and security type things I, i'm thinking about going for some certifications because well, i mean there's no better time than now especially with covid working from home and everything might as well try to aim for something like that even if you just shoot for your basics like a plus and stuff right now just to prove yeah. that you have that like that that puts you head and shoulders above an application that doesn't have it for a job yep. type thing so absolutely I guess we can uh, we can swap over to some gaming news now. You were talking about uh, Among Us and, and Fall Guys that you had here in the notes and stuff, and some other games that were coming out. Yeah, so so we'll do a little switch over to gaming right now. Um, basically, what I was looking at and experiencing myself are the hot video games right now, which are basically Among Us, Fall Guys, Warzone, Valorant. Those are basically, I mean, still Fortnite. Fortnite's always going to be up there. But those are mainly the, the mainstream games being played right now. Among Us is actually insane. And we can get further into that when we hop into the streaming section. But Among Us has been out for like two years now. 
And right now it's just uh, reached its peak popularity. I of... really thought it just came out. I never heard of it before until yeah, it, it got big. It has stream. like 100,000 active players at least at a time now. And it's been out for two years. And it's all because, at least in my eyes, it's because XQC started streaming it with his boys. Other streamers caught wind of it. Everybody started playing and streaming it. Bada boom, bada bing. This is you got why yourself a hit game. I think a lot of game developers are like, screw advertising online. That's not going to help me. Like putting an ad banner on this website, that won't help me. Even running TV ads, that's not going to yeah. do anything for me. What will do it for me is if I pay X streamer, whoever, a bunch of cash to play my game. If if exactly. if you pay Doctor Disrespect twenty grand to stream your game for four hours, you mm -hmm. definitely make that back. Because four hours of Doctor Disrespect streaming to like fifty to a hundred thousand people at a time, that's gonna generate so much stuff on Twitter and so much stuff on YouTube and everything in the streamers and on the Reddit and everything. That's gonna make that money back in like no time because the moment people start picking it up, if you have any microtransactions or if the game costs X dollars or whatever, people buy that stuff all the time. Like Especially if the yep. game isn't free to play, so that's the thing. I, I think Among Us and Fall Guys. I think they kind of got away with it because they didn't. I don't think they basically sold an advertisement to a streamer saying, "Hey, play this. We'll give you money." I just think the streamer ended up playing Among Us, and then everyone's like, "Hey, this game actually looks like it's really fun." And like the developers of Among Us, they had no clue this was going to happen. They're like. Our, our servers are full to capacity. Like, we don't know what to do right now. Yeah, like, buy more stuff so we can get more servers, boys. How much yep. is the game, anyways? Uh, the game is only $5 right now. Oh, so yeah, you can like you can get the game for $5, play, play with up to 10 people at a time. And as of lately, I've been having to connect to the Europe and Asia servers because North America has just been full all the time. I guess it wouldn't be much of a latency-sensitive game, though, so it shouldn't really bug you too much. Yeah, so the only thing is the the imposter, which they call in the game, who's trying to kill all the crewmates before they complete their task. Um, he has a kill radius, which you can uh, shorten it. You can shorten the kill radius to short, but with the ping, uh, if you're playing on like a Europe or Asia server, it looks like the killer killed you from like 10 feet away. You're like, this makes um, no sense, yeah. But that being said, let's move on to Fall Guys. I mean, that game has been trending all over Twitter. Never played. Everywhere for the past month or two. So I don't have any, like, besides from watching it a bunch, which I have. Because it's hard to not watch Fall Guys if you scroll Twitter or anything <laughs> yeah. and see some of the clips. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's, like, ginormous. It's, it's probably the biggest game out there right now. And uh, I think a lot of that is due to their social media manager on Twitter was doing a great really job really smart really smart guy and he seemed to really know how to hook people in and get people talking about it which is really strong and doing this whole thing with like tim the Tatman, which like you gotta know it was obviously staged like they obviously dm'd and discussed like i'm gonna make these tweets that are gonna shit on you tim but it's gonna help you and help me and then you're gonna like tim he had a huge viewers and when he finally got that dub man there were so many people watching him on twitch it was crazy every time oh, he played it was wild he was he was pulling in money left and right, and the, the Fall Guys popularity alone off that was crazy. So it's it's just like they're they're coming out with little updates. I mean, during the what is it the Gamescom conference, they uh, had a trailer for the season two of Fall Guys, which is going medieval and stuff like that. But one of the big things is just like uh, I think it was less than a week ago, they 
put out a Twitter post of literally it's just called it's just a swinging hammer that they're adding to different levels of a game randomly, and they named it Big Yeetus, and that instantly got trending on Twitter. Like everybody was so excited about this. It's just like, hey, let's just throw this one singular item into into our Fall Guys game and. It'll blow up, everyone will blow up. It was like, oh, this changes the game completely. Can't wait for this big hammer, swinging hammer to help me or make me do worse at a game. I used to watch a lot of Wipeout as a kid. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. But the game is like just like that. It's actually like to a T. And people love that stuff, man. Like, Or if you remember, remember MXC. I don't know what that is. No. MXC was like a like an Asian version of Wipeout, but it had English English uh, dubbed over. And I think it was on like MTV and stuff like that, but it, it was just super funny and literally Fall Guys in real life. They, yeah. I'm pretty sure they ripped the main idea of uh, one of the mini games in Fall Guys is where you have to uh, break through the doors yep. to get all the way to the end. That was literally in MXC. And people had to do that. And it's just funny to see real people just flinging themselves in the doors and nothing happening. It's really funny to see it in the game, too. Yeah. I I I have a great time playing it. I think their biggest issue now, now that they have their servers sorted out, is definitely the cheaters. Like, PC is rampant Mm -hmm. with cheaters. And it's sad because it's really easy to do. Like you could just load up Cheat Engine on your computer and just change the game files, and now, now you're quadruple speed and you can fly and do all this crazy stuff. And they're supposed to be adding an anti-cheat, I think, in a week. But let's be honest, like it might give you like a week of peace of mind, and then the cheating's probably gonna be back to not the same. I, w- I wouldn't, but less. I wouldn't think to see cheating in Fall Guys. I never expected that to happen. But then I guess I wasn't thinking because they, people cheat on every single computer game possible oh so. my god it's like crazy dude like there's people that'll cheat against like the ai and stuff in like games like cheating in single yeah. player games like what's the point man like there's just no fun anyone who does that honestly it, it's it's beyond pathetic and i think worldwide and you know uh the laws have to change around online cheating in video games because as it is now I agree. like Absolutely. there's just like there's no real penalty like they'll ban you sure but there should be like a law against it. Like you're ruining other people's fun. Like especially it, when money's on the line. Yeah, exactly. And, and and they'll be banned from leagues and stuff, but they normally don't get like charged. So yeah, I, I guess one of the examples of cheaters being online is like Warzone tournaments because oh, they just crazy. hop into a lobby with with other people playing the game. They don't have private lobbies mm. for Warzone. So when they're hopping in games, they're facing cheaters, and then it's like, well, there's my shot at a good game. Uh, being missed because I got killed from a cheater and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, and and that just made me lose all this money that I'm possibly able to be earned. Yeah, like I play Siege a ton, and cheating in there is decent now. It's gotten better, but I mean, obviously there's still people that cheat. Yeah, <clears throat> and it just ruins the game because half the time they're like closeted cheaters, so they're like, you're like, oh man, like have this guy know where I was, and that's because he like turned his wall hacks on for just a second, and then he came into the room and killed you. And it's like, man, like come on, like this, yep. and and that's even worse. Like I'd rather it be blatant, because at least if it's blatant, I'm like, oh, this game's a write off, whatever. But if I like play a hard fought game and I waste an hour of my time against some piece of shit who is cheating, but he didn't want to be like caught, oh my god, like that that's a hundred times worse. That's so annoying. 
just like yesterday, I was playing uh, multiplayer Call of Duty last night, and we were playing headquarters or something like that, and uh, we're like, how is this guy just peeking corners and killing all of us? He got the game-winning kill cam at the end, and he's just lasering everybody through smoke, through walls, and everything. We're like, oh, okay, so, so he was cheating. He was blatantly cheating, and he wasn't even hiding it. That's funny. That being said, there's also a couple games that came out um, last week, that being Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered, which yep. I know for a lot of people, it's Huge. straight nostalgia. Yep. I... Personally, it'll give me a lot of nostalgia, but I haven't purchased it yet. I'll probably get it next week or something like that. I've played them, but I never, like, even now, I'm like, ah, you know, it's whatever. Like, they're good games, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I'm yeah. not into skateboarding anymore type thing like I was as a kid, so I don't really, it doesn't really bug me. It's definitely a game that's going to be fun to play for, during your free time. Like, I, I guess if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a multiplayer sweat lord, for a day or something like that and you yeah. just want to hop in some tony hawk yeah. i mean this tony hawk does have multiplayer too but it, it's probably more of like a relaxing fun arcadey style game yeah i i saw some multiplayer stuff and it was just essentially like first person to get the highest combo wins and then yeah. they like go up to like a combo number and you know like that's not too insane like competitive wise you know it's not like you have to run this guy off his skateboard and bash his skull in <laughs> while he's on the ground like it's not like that you know that being said, they added a bunch of customization options. Uh, you now get, like, your account level up. Uh, what else was I going to say? Plus, having one and two remastered on one single game, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what I was going to say was the soundtracks. Uh, you can, like, all the uh, soundtracks from the old Tony Hawk's games are in the remastered version, and you can create your own playlist and stuff in the game, which is, I mean, probably one of the main points why I want the game. That's huge, like, to be able to be like, oh, I don't like this song, so I'm going to cut this one, but I really like these songs, so I'm just going to mm -hmm. make my own playlist that's, like, all the songs I really like. That way you don't have another to game, any duds. Another game that was just released is Marvel Avengers. Um, this game did have a pretty rocky beta for when the demo came out because there was, it was just glitches, <laughs> glitches galore. Yeah. Your your guy's face was disappearing with just his eyes and just stuff wasn't working. And now they came out with the game and it seems like some of those glitches are still there, but I'm hearing a lot of positive reviews from my friends who are playing it right the, now. The people that I've heard play it say it's great when it works, but there's times where like some attacks <laughs> just don't work or like just you try and do something and it just doesn't happen. And, and obviously yeah. the visual glitches and stuff too are still there. I was actually watching a buddy play it and... He was in like a training mission where he had to block a certain attack from an enemy and the enemy just was standing there not attacking him so he had to restart the mission or back out of it completely because training mission bots just weren't working at all that's so stupid um yeah. but that's basically what's came out recently that is notable in my opinion uh is there anything that you know of that just came out no, uh, I just I just know the stuff that's coming out pretty soon, like the new Call of Duty and stuff, and and Series Sam as I mentioned earlier, and and a few other oh, games yeah. too that you that you have here in your Star Wars Squadrons. Is is that not out yet? I thought that was, or is that the flying one? That's the flying one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about games coming soon right now. Um, so the October notable releases, Star Wars Squadron does come out in October. It is the game that I, I'm pretty sure that it's only flying. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think which so too. Honestly, interests me a lot. Like, I'm probably 100% going to get that game on launch day. I play just because of I'm War interested Thunder. in that. 
like if it's anything like War Thunder, which is a really good game, then I'll probably pick it up honestly because I really like playing War Thunder and and even like even Battlefield like three especially was so fun mm-hmm. to get in like an attack chopper and jets and stuff and fly around and like you know you don't have the shooting people on the ground that you do in this or in Battlefield I should say like that won't be in squadrons and that was always fun to do but you know dogfighting and planes and stuff like that's really fun so there was a there was a Star Wars Rogue Squadron that came out in 1998 and it was for the uh, Nintendo 64 I wasn't even born then so so this is 100% a remake and I'm sure there's going to be a single player and multiplayer uh, story wise it looks like it goes pretty in depth and it's going to be a day one purchase for me absolutely but is it is it a full like full price game or oh yeah it's going to be full price for sure mm-hmm. okay that's that's not so hot on my radar then if it's if it's that much <laughs> canadian you're money, not a fan like, of the full price games well it's just it's a lot it's like you know 80 bucks easy or more in, can- in canadian ruples so yeah I guess it is worth mentioning that I'm from the United States, Gigabits from Canada, so we're talking to each other across across the border here. Um, an- another game that's coming out in October that was just announced was uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is Super Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy, all on one, uh, one game. It's going to be on the Nintendo Switch. It still has the full price point of $60. And uh, they did advertise that the uh, like the window sizes are going to be bigger and stuff. But a lot of people are giving it backlash because it's not going to be like full HD. It's $60 for three older games. And where the hell is Super Mario Galaxy 2? Why are they only bringing Super Mario Galaxy 1? What what I what I don't understand is Nintendo's been milking Super Mario now for decades. Like, are they ever going to get something new, or is this just it forever? Like, will Nintendo die on this Mario Hill? Because eventually, people will just be like, oh, yeah, like I don't really care I, anymore. I, I think that Nintendo will die on the Mario Hill. They're just gonna they're just gonna keep going with it, and it's working. I'm ex. I'm excited to play every Mario game that comes out, basically. Um, I got Mario Maker 2. I got uh, Odyssey. That was probably one of the best Switch games I ever played. But I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy the Mario hype, and I I do hope they continue it in a lot cooler ways. I mean, the Paper Mario just came out, too. Uh, Origami King. So that's another Mario game that just came out. I think they're going to keep going with it. I think the reason why I'm not super into it myself is growing up as a kid, it was like Saga Dreamcast was the first thing yeah. we ever had. And then we went from that to PS2. So I was like never really into the Nintendo stuff. Neither and, was I. And I was just like, yeah, like, I don't really care. I really like, I used to play this stupid old Madden game on the Dreamcast. Like it was mm-hmm. so old. And I could, I had a thing where I could just run a Hail Mary play every time and guarantee a touchdown. So I'd be putting up like three digit numbers like at the end of a game because <laughs> I would just score every time I had possession for free. And oh man, the Dreamcast, look, at, if I were to play it now, I'd probably be like, man, this is really bad. But I actually, looking back on it, I was like, man, this is so cool. I actually remember going to, I think it was a Circuit City which no longer exists, but 
I wanted a Dreamcast so bad. So I went with my mom and she was going to get me one, but they, they were sold out where I went to. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not getting a Dreamcast. My mom's like, we're not checking anywhere else. Like you're screwed. PS2 but, yeah, I, I, ne- I never did play a Dreamcast. I never, never owned one. So I that being the, said, this game, I don't know. Anyone listen probably won't remember, but it was called Slave Zero. And it was essentially you were I don't remember the story that well because I was really young. But you were this ginormous robot. I'm talking like the buildings were like up to your like knee. You were so big. And cars were like this big. They were like tiny, dude. And you were walking on like highways and stuff, and you'd be stomping the cars and just destroying stuff. And there'd be huge enemies too. And you'd have, you'd have like mini guns on your shoulders, if I'm remembering it correctly. And and you were just mowing everything. It was so cool, man. Like thinking about back at this old stuff that you used to play when you were a kid. You're like, oh, where'd the good stuff go? You know? Honestly. Back in the day, I, I had the PlayStation 1. Uh, I, and one of the main games I played on there was Arcade Classic. So it's even bringing it further back. But I was playing like Robotron and Sinistar and Joust on the PS1. And those were like my main games along with like Dynasty Warrior. And then we hop onto the PS2. Had a terrific time there. We also had a Game Boy uh, Game Boy Color and Game, Game, Game Boy. Boy Advance. So that that was my Nintendo realm right there, the Game Boy. What's what's the Game Boy that doesn't have the flip screen? It's like a handheld. Uh, that's the Advance, that's and then the I one had. with the flip screen is the SP. Okay, that, I had I had the called. Advanced. Yeah, I, I I got that for my birthday one year. I remember my parents got me it, and it was one of the, like the see through cases. Oh yeah, so, like you cool. can see like the components in the back end of it and everything. It was it was super exciting. Game Boy Advance was honestly one of the coolest portable systems to ever come out. The Switch is really cool. I I had a PSP, which I really liked. Same. And it's it's the Vita didn't really take off, and now Sony's like, yeah, I'm never doing this shit again because it sucks. But uh, I ended up going through all of them. I I had the PSP, I had the Vita for a little while, but ended up getting rid of both of them. They just weren't that good like the games yeah. on them weren't amazing like that's the thing is even though the hardware was decent like i never had a bad time on my psp like with the psp itself it's just like mm-hmm. there's no games like what do i play like it's like 20 games <laughs> i remember the psp when that came out the you remember the cartridges for that how it had like oh, the, little the little tiny circle discs. discs yeah and you'd slide them in the and, back yeah it had like the plastic covering over it so you couldn't like get the disc scratched yeah, and whatnot. it was, just, like, the it was little a pretty cool concept you, yeah it's... That being said, though, for going back to Super Mario 3D All-Stars, I just want to touch up on one thing. I never really played Super Mario 64 that much because I never owned a 64. So yeah. I'm excited to actually go through that game from beginning to end for the first time. And I, Sunshine, I played a ton. So probably won't play that one as much as, as unless I want to like go through the complete game again. And Super Mario Galaxy never played it. So I want to go through that game from beginning to end. So that that game to me is worth $60, Super Mario All-Stars. I'm, I'm going to get it probably the day it comes out because it's just worth it for me. My girlfriend has a Switch, so I'll probably she'll probably get it, and I'll buy and I'll play them when I'm over there next time or whatever. Yeah, there you go. So that, that's a good way to try it out at least. Another game coming out, coming out in October, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4. So have you played the other ones? or I've played some of them, but never for like full completion, you know, being a kid and yeah. stuff is like oh, oh yeah go rent a game for the weekend you know because that was exactly. the thing to do is go rent games 
Go right. head on down to the Blockbuster, rent yourself some Crash Bandicoot for, uh, what is it, like five days or a week. And then however far you got, you got to return it. Oh, so My parents I mean, were so you got cheap. To enjoy it. We'd only do like the weekend rentals. So you rent it Friday, and that'd be like after work, and then you got to run it back to the store like Monday morning. Yeah. And I so there's never enough time, even like grinding eight hours a day to like finish most of these games. <laughs> But yeah, I am excited for Crash Bandicoot 4. I played 1 through 3 as a child. And then I got the remastered and played those again. And I never realized how hard Crash Bandicoot 1 actually was until I played the remastered version. I was like, how did... I don't think I ever beat this as a child because I'm having trouble beating it right now. Yeah, I mean, like... Extremely was hard. I, was, I, was I faster as a kid? Like, was I quicker on the controller? Like, what's going on? yeah. I ended up beating Crash Bandicoot 1, and then I started 2, but I never finished the remastered 2 or 3. Um, that being said, I have played them all, whether it be as a child or now, and I'm excited for Crash Bandicoot 4 because it's going to be the same style game. Uh, they're trying to keep it true to the originals, and just looking forward to it. Probably another day one buy for me. You got a lot of day one buys. Deep pockets, bud? I uh, got... I don't have deep pockets. That's that's the problem. <laughs> deep credit card pockets. <laughs> deep credit cards. There we go. Yeah, and then uh, that's a way to put it. And then Black Ops Cold War, man. That that actually looks really good. Yeah, it's coming out in November. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the leaked gameplay? I watched uh, gameplay, gameplay, and I watched the trailers. And to me, it gives me these kind of like Black Ops One vibes. And mm -hmm. the story in Black Ops 1 was so good. Like, the the numbers Mason, and then, like, you're in that room where, where, like, the main menu was. And at my age, when I played Black Ops 1 at, like, launch, I thought, like, being locked in that chair and then, like, having to get out was, like, the coolest thing they could do in the menu. And then you could actually get up and walk around. I was like, oh, my God. And zombies? Oh. The whole zombies. game is just so good. Coming back. Coming yeah. back. They say all new zombies experience. I wonder how they're going to do it. But I watched I'm excited to play some zombies. Modded zombies. And the amount of, like, perks and other things that they've added in over time and, like, modded zombies is, is wild. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's all, like, open and people can make maps is the only reason why zombies is so good. Because imagine if you only had, like, 30 maps to pick from. That would suck. Because if you played enough zombies, you'd be bored of them all. There There's some people who are so addicted to zombies. Like, that's their main game. No, just and and I, under, I understand why. I, I enjoy playing it uh, a couple times. And then, like, if we have a good run where we get up to, like, a very high round and then we lose, I don't really get the interest to start over again right there. Like, I'll come back to it the next day or later on in the day, but I can't keep playing zombies. The, the reason, as fun as it is. Like, another thing, too, is, like, a lot of these modded maps have viable endings. So it's, like, 50,000 to end game or something, which is, like, awesome. Okay. Because then you, yeah. don't, you don't die. You just beat the map, and now it's done. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that, then it's just, oh, do we just play till we die? I don't want to play for eight hours today. Like, I just don't have that, the time. That's where the, whole, that's where the whole Easter eggs come in. So um, for certain zombies maps, like they have like a whole solvable yeah. Easter egg that happens throughout the entire game. And it's usually really hard to figure out what you have to do. But once you complete that, you're like, all right, well, I basically completed this zombies map. So... Yep. I can move on to the next one. And that's why I think the Bible ending is so nice. Because it gives mm -hmm. you the choice. Like, oh, we could end the game right now. And then there's, like, our dub. Or we could just keep playing until we die. 
And a lot of these maps also have Easter eggs too, and like stuff you got to complete just to unlock the viable ending. Yeah. So you know, like that kind of thing is really nice because it fuck off, fly. Because it gives you that like ability to have a different way to play. Oh my god, go away! So one of the things uh, about this Call of Duty that I'm kind of worried about is when I watched the leaked multiplayer gameplay, they showed um, the down but not out mechanic on the VIP escort multiplayer mode that they came out with. Um, I'm really hoping that the down but not out mechanic is not in every game mode. I'm hoping it's just this VIP mode that they played. If it's in search and destroy, that's going to be pretty upsetting. That That's just the VIP mode. I, I really hope so. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure, like, I've played other games that have, like, similar modes. And, like, mm-hmm. if the VIP will always go down. And it, I don't know about, like, you know, it might depend. But definitely the VIP will go in this, like, down but not out state. Yeah, so, so when I was watching, uh, they were playing on the Miami map. Yep. And anybody anybody that uh got killed would go to the down but not out map, not just like the VIP or anything I like that. I think that's definitely just that mode. I I hope so honestly because if they implement that to like search and destroy, I'll be pretty upset about it. Um that being said, the story for Black Ops Cold War looks like it's going to be um somewhat true to history in a way. Yeah, and looks like it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. One of the main things about Call of Duties that I enjoy is the the campaign modes. Like the most recent Modern Warfare, that campaign mode was godly. So much fun. I think that was probably the highlight of this Call of Duty that people really don't realize was how good the uh, story mode was. I really liked Modern Warfare Two. Was kind of bland. Because that's, you know, like, stuff in modern times, if you don't really have a deep story, it's kind of whatever. Modern Warfare 3 was the same thing. I really liked Black Ops 1. I thought, like, the whole thing oh, yeah. with Mason and stuff was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, I remember when you got the, the mission with the Spaz 12 Dragon's Breath, and when you picked that up, you were like, oh, I feel like a god! So running <laughs> through that was, like, killer. And, and there was just so many good moments. And I know this might not be, you know, this might be a bit of a hot take, but Advanced Warfare... The story was whatever, but I really liked the missions. You know, you understand what I mean? Like, the gameplay part was really <laughs> cool, even if the story itself was kind of bad. Yeah. I remember you, like, snuck up on this guy that was on a car, and you put this, like, sound thing on the car, and it, like, made this, like, dome shield around the whole area. And there was another guy, like, 20 feet away, and you started, like, hand-to-hand combat with this guy at the car. And the guy 20 feet away, like, couldn't hear anything. And you were, like, bashing his head into the car and stuff. And I was like, man, that's so <laughs> cool. Like, I really like that. It's such a cool mechanic. Yeah. You know, that, that tech exists. And that could be something that could happen in real life at some point, too. You never know. And you're probably never going to guess this, but Call of Duty Cold War, day one purchase for me. Oh, I didn't know you buy games day one. Every I think there hasn't been a Call of Duty that I haven't bought day one since probably like Call of Duty three. MW2, <laughs> Every single one after that was a day one purchase. MW two, I was a Christmas noob because I got my PS three at Christmas. The Christmas noobs. MW three was a day one though, and this is like okay. before I had a job, so you know I was like, oh please, like I haven't asked for anything all year. I need this. And... <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that Call of Duty. Cold War, excited for that. Another thing, Rocket League going free to play. 
getting a huge update. Uh, is that update out yet, or do you know when so. it comes out? I think, I think the game is is in a bad state when it comes to like their microtransactions and stuff. Because how it works now is there's no more like getting the loot. You pretty much get boxes, and then you have to like pay to open them. So it's a lot harder to get direct loot, and there's no more trading. Like you used to be able to trade between players, you can't do that anymore. Oh, you can't? No. Like well, all weird. the all the stuff that I got, I got off my buddy because he would buy stuff, and if he got duplicates or whatever, he just give it to me. Or if he got something he didn't really like, he's like, oh, "I'll just give it to you. You don't have it." And I'm like, "That's huh. killer." But like now, it's you can't do any of that. You haven't been able to do that any of that for a long time. That's something that I actually didn't know. Yeah, it's and it'll be Epic Games only once it goes free to play. Oh yeah, it's getting off Steam and. What are they saying? They're adding more ranks past, past Grand Champion right now called Supersonic Legend. How do you feel about that name, Supersonic Legend? I think it's pretty good. I mean, I don't really think... I think most Grand Champs, if they grind enough, will just get up there anyway, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. My my one friend's actually kind of upset about it because he's like, my Grand Champ means nothing now because now they're Supersonic Legend. Um, but yeah, Rocket League going free-to-play. That's a, that's a, that's big... It's big news. It's uh, it's a fun game, especially if you can get it for free. Um, yeah. Definitely going to be enjoyable. That's the thing is, I think having a price for a game that requires a lot of skill to enjoy makes the barrier to entry like really hard. Because I'm like, man, look at all these good players. But if I bought this game today, I'm going to suck, and these guys are going to like stomp me. But now yeah. if it's free, you're like, oh whatever, I'll just boot it up and play because it doesn't cost me anything to play it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of the bigger debatable topics right now, um, is game prices going up. And I know, especially for you and a new game in Canadian is like $80 and now we're bumping it up another 10. It's probably going to be that's like, like another bucks. 15 for you, right? Yeah. They're probably gonna be charging a hundred bucks a game. And it's going to be to the point where it's like, man, it's like, if I have to, like, I'm only going to be able to buy a game every couple of months. Like, yeah, I'm not going to max my credit card out buying games. Like that's stupid. There's also hardware. <laughs> there's also some companies that are saying, "Hey, we're not bumping up the price." So Cyberpunk games like Cyberpunk are going to stay at sixty dollars, and I mean, Cyberpunk—that's probably one of the games that I would easily pay seventy dollars for, just because Ooh, of that how much be, it's uh, being hyped up and stuff. Might call that the day one purchase. <laughs> yeah, that, that that could be day one purchase. Uh, I'm not excited as I'm not excited for Cyberpunk as much as my other friends are but i probably will purchase it and play it um i think i think ubisoft could be wrong here this might not be a factual statement just letting everybody know but i think that ubisoft is saying they're not going to be raising their games to 70 dollars. that doesn't sound I mean, like a ubi move it doesn't but i think that's what i heard uh, um, they, they might not you never know could be completely wrong. I can get some details and update you guys if I'm wrong there. Really, their only game that makes the money these days is Siege. Every other game, like, you know, they just have their launch sales and that's it. But Siege has microtransactions with the cosmetics. That brings in way more money than you'd think. They made over a billion dollars in it last year. Yeah. Uh, Hyperscape, too. Um, not sure if the game is dying or not. Haven't really heard anything about it, but it gets pretty much. They gone. do have microtransactions right now, so 
besides that though siege is probably their powerhouse that's why they keep updating the shit out of it yeah I'm, I'm very excited for when they move everything over for their new sound rehaul that they should be doing within a year <clears throat> every update brings in more ways for them to like analyze how the sound works in the game better so they can revamp the sound engine like they're completely rebuilding it so mm -hmm. that, that's gonna be really nice because right now sometimes sound is inconsistent because let's say like right here i have a window over there behind my you can't see it on the camera but it's behind over there and yeah. then let's say there's someone below me and if i were to make if i were to like blow up that window and then there's another window downstairs in the room underneath me if someone makes noise underneath it won't come like sound through the floor like let's say i made a hole in the floor and then i look down and i could see the guy underneath me but if he made noise it wouldn't go up through the hole in the floor it would go out the window and then up and then into the other window. So I would I would look to my left at the window because that's where the noise is, even though yeah. it's right underneath me. And there's stuff huh. like that that happens all the time in the game, which is really annoying because it causes you to look the wrong way. Because the sound, it's called propagation. It doesn't go the right direction that it's supposed to go. It doesn't mm. propagate properly, which is a real pain in the ass. I could, I could understand why that would be a pain for sure. Um, I don't... I used to be a huge Siege buff, but I haven't played it in the longest time now, so I can't really comment on that. Um, besides that, uh, gaming-wise, before we wrap it up here, uh, and I see that you put some notes here for Serious Sam 4. I know you're a big Serious Sam fan, so you're excited for this one. Yeah, September 24th. It was supposed to be out already. Actually, uh, release date initially was late August, but they delayed it. And, and I'm not too mad about that, because if they delay it a month and it comes out and they've, you know, like... Let's, you know, sometimes it's just not their fault. Like, if they find a bug that they're like, man, we can't release with this bug. We mm -hmm. need to delay it until it's fixed. I'd rather, I'd much rather that than buy the game and then have to wait two weeks for them to fix something that ruins the game anyways. So, exactly. Uh, Agree with you 100% there. And, and Cyberpunk is another example of a game that's been delayed. And, and that's a bit more of an extreme case. But again, that's a much bigger game and stuff. And even, I, even Halo Infinite. I mean, they... they yeah was supposed to be a flagship game with the release of their console. Now they're saying, hey, we're going to be releasing it next year. Sorry. Yeah, it won't, it won't <laughs> it's just like, up. that probably hurts Microsoft a lot. Yeah. We got, uh, I think we got about 10 more minutes here to end on an even hour. Uh, so a couple of notes here about Tencent. Though I think we could discuss about them losing $42 billion in market share after India bans PUBG Mobile. And uh, I, I kind of have the notes up here for it now, which is a pretty interesting article. Uh, India, and as well as the United States, has been on like a hot trail of banning apps that they consider uh, an issue with the government itself. Like the Indian government here says, activities that are prejudicial to the sovereignty and integrity of India, defense of India, security of state, and public order. So they consider like PUBG Mobile is a game that damages their like core values as a country <laughs> to the point where they're like we need to get rid of this and and that's uh they also banned 59 apps june 29th and 118 apps september 2nd which like that's a lot of apps man like apparently this game mobile legends bang bang clash of kings arena valor pubg mobile yeah like we don't there, really there's a lot of there's a lot of gaming apps that are absolutely getting destroyed on the app stores right now i mean I'm not, I'm not going to get into it right now, but... Fortnite! But Fortnite, <laughs> yeah. it's gone. It just it's, From Apple. And and Google. It's not in the Play yeah. Store either, so... Google took it too. 
and I, and I don't, I you know, we we could get into that for a moment. I don't really blame uh, either Google or uh, Apple for their decision. It, you know, these are stores. You're hosting in my store. They're allowed to take a cut. Like if I was to put something in a store to sell it they would take a cut too and if i was like oh you can't take a cut then they're like why are we selling it then why are we hosting this yeah like, I, I i absolutely understand that at the same time i feel like if epic wants to say hey here's cheaper prices come here it shouldn't be that big of an issue because probably still at least 50 percent of the purchases are going to go through apple anyway um well, but it's... i i absolutely do understand both sides um i'm not sure i'm not completely if you might know but on on apple devices for example like you can't if it's not on the apple store there's no other way to get it on a phone besides jailbreaking it yeah yep so they like they couldn't like there's just no way like at least on like uh google side of things and stuff for android phones they they can just use like the apk file and install through that or they mm -hmm. can use a third-party store and get it off that. Or they can just go straight to Fortnite's website and download it right out on their phone, like, directly from the APK, essentially. But you can't do that on Apple. Like, there's no way for them to load files up onto it. And that's because they've locked their ecosystem down so much for security reasons. And I understand why they've done that. Epic not wanting to lose 30% cut on profits, it just kind of shows greed when, when you yeah. look at it that way. Like, it's just... They're trying to bully these companies, being like, oh, well, we, we download, like, people download this on your store, like, 500 million times or whatever this year. And they're like, well, if you're not going to give us a cut, we don't give a shit. So either pay up or gone. And, and the courts have already started favoring towards Apple's side already. So I don't think Epic's going to win this at all. Like, not a chance. It's going to be kind of crazy to see the conclusion of it all. Um it almost reads like a popularity stunt. Yeah. Like Epic trying to do this stuff so they can blow up I on mean, Apple and Google and all this. And it, it's extra funny because, like, it's the majority of Epic's owned by Tencent. And Tencent's a company <laughs> that is known for greed and mm -hmm. uh, not, uh, like, anti-competitive work practices. And, for example, like, even the Epic Game Store itself buys, like, games off other platforms to make them exclusive on their own store like that's that, that's not okay in comparison to like anti-monopoly laws right so they're not really they're kind of hypocrites in a sense it's crazy it's it's honestly crazy to think about because i hear that epic's not paying um people who have like creator codes and stuff like that i hear like there's like a big pause on that since the lawsuit's going on and it's just like, we know you have a shit ton of money, Epic. Like, I'm pretty sure you yeah. can't afford to pay these people off. Exactly. Like, Especially if they're sense. advertising your game, uh, they have their content creator code able to be used, and people are making purchases solely to support these content creators. It's just like, give them their money. Did you that have... being said, I mean, I feel like we can basically have a whole podcast discussion on epic versus apple and google yeah it's a big topic but uh let's let's just end it there for that we get a nice little breeze through it um so when we're doing these podcasts live we probably will have a break segment where we yeah. just take like a, a five minute break and then come back 
Um, but since we're doing the podcast, this very first one is not going to be live. So we can just do a break and then cut to where we start back off. So honestly, um, we do have some esports stuff to talk about and also some more streaming news. Um, so let's just take a break right here. All right. So for esports, we got a few things that we wanted to talk about today. One of them being Call of Duty. Um, so what happened within the past couple of weeks, uh, Call of Duty Championship had a $4.6 million prize pool. Is that a lot for COD? I don't I don't know a lot about this. Uh, it, it's definitely the most so far. I think last year was $2 million, and they more than doubled it for this year. Okay, so um, that is a lot. This also, this also had the league uh, for the first time. So there's Dallas Empire, Atlanta Phase, um, stuff like that. So the winners of this championship was Dallas Empire um, against Atlanta Phase, which I... Personally, from the very beginning, thought that Dallas Empire was just going to run house, and they ended up doing so. <laughs> I don't know that being a said, ton about the COD scene, like professionally. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know a ton either, to be honest with you. But I have watched games play, and it was it was pretty entertaining from my from my perspective. That being said, as soon as this ended, uh, teams started releasing players instantly. So Clayster got released from Dallas Empire right after they won. Why would this, you I'm, can a player when you just got a dub? I, I guess his his scoring and how he did was part of the problem as to why they didn't do as good as they did, I guess. Um, he had the lower stats for just about every Every statistic, I guess so, you can so say. I don't, I don't have them pulled up right the now. Team, and they were like, well, even though we won, we still want to improve, so you're gone. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, the lowest KD and lowest scores and stuff like that. So That sucks. They got rid of him. I mean, hey, he still won a championship. He still got the ring. Um, it's not like he did that, nothing, you know. Yeah. After that, uh, Surge also released five of their players and ultra dropped the majority of their roster. So they're already getting ready for uh, cold war, which cold war just announced that they're doing the four V four format. I saw that. Too. So, I mean, Dallas empire, especially they can just use the team they have right now. Drop Clayster four V four situation here. Don't need them. And boom, there you go. The thing about call of duty switching over to 4v4 from 5v5 is it allows the players to be seen a little bit more. Um, exactly. You yep. can recognize the powerhouses and such. And, I mean, 4v4 situations are a lot better to be seen than uh, 5v5. Um, so, yeah, Call of Duty, I mean, we're, we're not too experienced on the esports scene of Call of Duty, but... I figured I'd throw some news out there in case anybody was wondering or didn't know about the most recent championship that happened. Uh, Valorant is one of the bigger competitive games going on right now. There's been a lot of tournaments and stuff. Um, also, Valorant's taken CSGO players. It's taken Overwatch players just to be hopped onto the Valorant teams. Well, I think Overwatch players are probably looking for any other game to swap to anyways. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, they have the biggest players from Overwatch, like Sinatra, um, just leaving, saying, see you, Overwatch, I'm going over to Valorant. Yeah, and there's, there's not a whole lot to keep Overwatch players there, right? Like, it's not, it's an old game now. 
yeah hasn't had a ton of change in a long time and now it's like overwatch 2 is coming which is just like revamped overwatch 1 yeah, and I, I even heard, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but I heard that they're thinking about just canceling Overwatch 2 from being made. So so who 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 knows of what the future of Overwatch can be? And, and uh, I've played, and it's fun, man. Like, Overwatch is a good game, but I, I don't know. I haven't played in a long time, so it might just not be the same anymore. I remember when the when Overwatch first came out, I was like, you know what? This is going to be my game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grind it out. I'm going to try to be as good as I can. And I've... I stopped playing it pretty early on. That's probably one of the games that make me more tilted than any other game I've ever played. Because if your team isn't working together at 100% of the time, it's really hard to just carry. about impossible to, to win because carrying in that game is extremely hard. You have to pick like a hard frag, like a Tracer, or a Soldier, or McCree, and even then, like you're still not going to get like a free dub just because you picked one of them and you're doing well. Yeah. Because it takes more than one guy to get the point back. And one of the things that makes me possibly a little interested to going back into Overwatch is uh, one of their new... Well, it's not really a new update. It's been going on for a while now, but it shows how long ago I played Ranked. Um, they make role selections now, so each team has specific roles that they lock to, and you're only allowed two of each role. Um, so that that kind of changes up the meta a lot. You can't have a five tank team, you know. It needs to be two tanks, two um, attacks, and two healers. But it takes forever to get games though, with like people quitting out. It's like, oh fuck, I didn't get attacked, or I didn't get my like my hard frag this game. I'm quitting. I'm getting a new one. It's kind of it's kind of like a like a dungeon queue on an MMO. Like yeah, if you're if you're, if you're choosing that you want to be a DPS player. You're gonna have to wait longer, but if you want to be a healer, you probably don't have to wait long at all. Um, so it's a cool little addition they added to. I think it's from what I've heard. I think Sinatra especially like hated this change and is one of the main reasons why he left. He couldn't get used to the role selection. Um, so it it could it could be helping. It could be hurting. Yeah. Um. I guess you gotta look at the majority though. Like, even though he is probably the most popular Overwatch player, if ninety nine percent of the people like it and he doesn't, then they're still gonna do it. But yeah. I don't know what the general consensus is either, so I don't really know if that's an accurate statement or what. It's so, probably not an accurate statement. <laughs> so since Valorant has came out, uh, it's been grabbing players from literally <clears throat> all the competitive games, such as CS:GO and Overwatch. Uh, even I think they took a couple Call of Duty players. Could be wrong there, Wait, um, which is kind of like weird because the general consensus of Valorant is it's not doing that well, like player wise. Like there's not that many players. Like, that's what I see on Twitter all the time. People saying that, and I, I don't know if that's you know that's people on Twitter, right? That might not be grounded in facts, but to my knowledge, the players isn't nearly as much as like you thought it was going to be. Like people are like, oh, CS:GO will be dead, and CS:GO yeah. is still huge and and. Valorant is on the radar, but not like splashing like it. Everyone thought it would. That's a, that's the thing. CS:GO is never gonna die. Nobody's ever gonna take the CS:GO position. But but Valorant put up a good fight, and that's for sure. Um, I did notice that as of right now, it does take a lot longer to find a Valorant match than it used to. Um, that could just be because be because of like skill base uh changing or. 
there might just not be as many people playing right now. Yeah, well. But you still do find the matches. You still get in games. I see a lot of people streaming it. And I don't think it's hurting right now. But the playership has definitely gone down from their beta, which was probably the highest it will ever be, was during the beta. I think... Uh... I think we can swap over to talking about streaming stuff, and uh, I think we should start with specifically with uh, Twitch Sings being shut down. I never yeah. used Twitch Sings myself, but I do know there's a lot of people that have, and I knew it was big. Like some people were on there, and they, they were like loving it, dude. It was the best thing Twitch has ever done, you know, type deal that people thought. Yeah, they had some. They had some Twitch Sing competitions. I remember seeing that, and. And just actually recently, I was like, I was talking to a few friends and we're like, yo, we should get some karaoke night going somehow and like involve Twitch, involve Twitch sings into it. And at the end of the year, Twitch sings is going, it's going to be gone. So it's definitely something that I never used. And I guess I never will, will be using yeah, it exactly. unless we do it soon. <laughs> uh, and that's replaced with the watch parties thing we were talking about before the show, but. Yeah, so so with the removal of Twitch Sings, they're uh, introducing Twitch Watch Parties, which has been a thing for partners, but they're adding it for everybody now. Uh, I'm not sure if you need to be an affiliate or not, but they are adding Twitch Watch Parties. Uh, what that basically is, is you need to have a Amazon Prime membership, and the viewers who are attending your Twitch Watch Party also have to have the um, Amazon Prime membership. And you guys can watch some uh, movies and series together uh, with your stream, such as Giga was saying he's watching The Boys. The Boys, yeah. Watching it with his boys on Twitch. To me, it's almost like, yeah, I don't know, like who doesn't have Twitch Prime these days? I know. Like everyone orders off Amazon, and Prime shipping is like a must-have. It's, twi it's Twitch gaming now, isn't it? Or. Yeah, Twitch gaming. It's not or not. It's not Twitch Prime anymore. Oh, like you mean they've like renamed? The... Oh, Prime Gaming. I'm sorry. Prime, Prime gaming. gaming is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. It's not called Twitch Prime. But ev everyone has, or everyone like, I to my knowledge, I thought everyone had Prime. Like it, it, it's so weird when I see like chats filled up without the Prime symbol, and I'm like, how do all these people not have Prime? And it's not like a, it's not like I think someone's poor or anything. It's just like. Yeah. To me, it's a must-have. I'm like, oh, I order stuff on Amazon all the time. I like having, like, the Prime Gaming access to that stuff. And, you know, even though they did remove ad-free viewing, which I think is a ginormous mistake, especially now with ads being, like, the number one reason why people don't check out new streamers nearly as much. Mm -hmm. That's frustrating. It, like, half the time, I don't run my ad block on Twitch, so half the time I click on a stream and... Like, oh, I don't know who this guy is, and now I have to watch a 30-second ad? Well, maybe I'll just go click another stream or quit out. And that's just beyond frustrating. Yeah, Twitch watch parties, I'll definitely try it out. Um, I haven't really watched anything on Amazon Video, so I'm excited to... Oh, Prime Video's kinda... got killer shows, dude. House? House is on Prime Video, man. You gotta watch it. Oh, yeah. It. If you haven't watched it, it's so good. I, I remember watching House back in the day. It's but uh, another thing is this is region-based, so something that I can watch in the U.S. might not be able to be watched in the U.K. or Canada or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but it does say that most series are available in most countries. It, it, it tells you before you watch it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. There's a, there is a few 
There's even like YouTube stuff that are like region locked that I have to like VPN for to get access to it. Which yeah. is like insane to me. Like I don't I don't know why you'd ever do it. Like what's the point? Like it must be a copyright thing or like a legal issue because otherwise I can't really see a reason why you'd want to do that. Another thing that's going around on the Twitch universe right now is chess. Apparently that has blown up ever since uh especially Hikaru streams chess on Twitch and she's just been throwing content creators constantly into the chess scene. Uh myself, I know nothing about chess. I I've taken the time to try and learn it since i've seen it blow up so much on twitch because i know how to play it's interesting all the advanced stuff like i'm not it, it it's very interesting it's fun to watch and especially when they do like the tournaments and stuff like it shows like chances of winning for each character and the commentators know everything that's going on and they're like oh if he does this he can do this 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 that's a win but it it's honestly it is is chess gonna be an esport somehow the possible big thing I saw about chess was when, like, Critical, Penguin Zero, whatever, like, two moved XQC in the chess tournament. Like, literally yeah. beat him in yeah. two moves. And, like, I remember, like, he was... I watched his video when I'm talking about it, and then, like, he actually had got in contact with a professional chess coach and had learned these moves and things to do. And he was told, like... Okay, if XQC opens with this move, you do this, and then if he does this, you do that, and it's game over type thing. And I think it's called like Baldur's Gate or something like that is the name of the move. And anyways, oh, okay. it, he beat him in like two moves, and it was so funny because the commentators just like talking about how the game just started, and they were all like, and then they're like, what? What? Do you, and then you see like Critical jump out of his chair, and he's running, he's like sprinting because he literally got like it popped up checkmate on the screen whenever he won. <laughs> They're like, what? It's over. <laughs> like, we missed it. It was so funny. Honestly, though, the Twitch, the the chess scene is blowing up, and I'll, I'm I'm pretty happy about it because, I mean, that's it's one of the board games that should be seen. It takes a lot of skill yeah, and ton of skill. It's crazy. There's there's so many. There's such a learning curve to it, honestly, and to see all these people playing it, it's it's an exciting time. Yeah. Um. So uh, another thing about streaming going on right now is it's it's not really huge but XQC recently was talking live on a stream and he was explaining the three key things that happened to him for success on his channel. And number 1 this had to have been years ago because these these three key things that happened if they happened today I don't think they crazy. would I don't think they would I mean Okay, one of the points would probably lead yeah, you to success. Yeah, one of them is nuts, yeah. But but the other two are just like, okay, those are cool things, but they're probably not going to lead me to partner within the next week, you know? But uh, the first thing was a fatty 125 viewer host from Sinatra himself. So XQC, he used to be a professional Overwatch player, and he got into it for a while. I guess one time he was streaming Overwatch and uh, Sinatra gave him a big host of 125 players. That right there was XQC's foundation as to getting known. And I mean, as you can tell, Sinatra was barely known. He only had 125 viewers in his chat at the time. Yeah. But then he became to be the number one Overwatch player to exist. Or should I say the most known Overwatch player to exist? 
Yeah, 125 now, like, that's a good amount. And obviously, if I got 125 people in the chat, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. It's, but it's not, like, enough to get partner unless that's, like, your new thing, 100 plus every stream. I literally had half of 125 viewers on my stream once, and I thought it was one of the coolest things that ever happened. I had over 100, like, a few times on Mixer because of, like, hosts and stuff from other people. Mm -hmm. And... That even that's just like oh my god because on Mixer if you have 105 viewers or 110 and you're, you're playing up at the a top. game yeah you're literally like I was like literally number one for Siege. If, so, if someone if someone wants to watch Rainbow Six Siege they're clicking on your stream and that's that's a lot of exactly exposure, so you get a ton of new people coming in and now like 125 on Twitch yeah that's gonna move you up pretty far on the list but you might not even be first page. Yeah, I re I remember watching you on Mixer when you had the over 100 viewers i was like what is going on here giga like how do you have so many like viewers over 100 viewers but chat's dead and <laughs> i remember that it's, it makes Still, me laugh. Dude, it, it's it was it was honest it was honestly awesome to see over 100 viewers in your chat yeah obviously obviously they weren't you know like he 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 just that guy did like he runs an auto host type thing and it's like real people in the stream but mm -hmm. he just kind of cycles it through different people you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, they have their computers on, but most of those people probably aren't watching at the time. So, but I mean, th that is what it is. And, and Mixer was okay with people doing that stuff because for one, Mixer they, was okay with a little bit too much. That yeah. Was going on. They, they, they allowed it and they, you know, they said, uh, we don't have a problem with that. You know, whatever. If people want to do that, that's fine. It's kind of like, uh, it's almost like, what, what do they call it? Like the hype zone. It's kind of, it almost reminds me of the hype zone. The hype zone was one of the coolest features to be on Mixer for sure. And then it just died out. Nobody would nobody would watch it. I mean, you'd get hype zone for PUBG or something like that and it's like five oh, viewers like or five whatever. five people hopped in yeah. a channel for the hype zone. And they probably and it used to be like five hundred and you're like, Oh, everybody watch me get this win. <laughs> it was sick getting the siege ones, you get the fat dub and you're like, Oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> and then it would leave and no one would even stay and you're like holy fuck this sucks that being said i guess before we continue on this xqc conversation about the three key things uh me and giga were both mixer streamers at one point we were yeah. also both twitch streamers at one point yeah. and then we went we went to mixer and we went back to twitch i don't so... think the switch was a mistake definitely not because you know i got a lot of experience on mixer and whatever and it you know, absolutely more people that you wouldn't have met otherwise, but at the same time, you could just say I could have met different people on Twitch and been okay too. So, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is, but can't do anything about it now. So, why worry about it? You can also tell which one of us uses a green screen and which one of us uses our actual wall as the yeah, view. I, and I just, I just, yeah, the background's a mess here because I normally have a green screen up. So, you know, I, I'm just a professional streamer, I guess. And if you don't use a green screen, you're not even really a pro. <laughs> not even a pro at streaming. Okay, listen, bud. You have enough G fuel there to be considered pro. Yeah. Probably. I got more than you think. That's a lot. Six is. Uh, that's 12, a lot of G fuel right there. And then I got a big tub on the, the sidewall. Um. Plus, I got a bunch of empty tubs somewhere. But hey, G fuel's life. This isn't an advertisement. How either. much? How much do you think you drink a day, G Fuel? Uh, I I try to just limit myself to like once per day. What's which once? is like, like a scoop or two, like two scoops? Uh, yeah, yeah, a scoop a day. 
Scoop a day. How much caffeine's in a scoop? I think it's like, uh, don't put me on the spot here, Giga, but I think it's like, uh, it's equal to a cup of coffee, basically. Oh, so uh, maybe like 100 plus. milligrams of caffeine, yeah. maybe a little less. Um, and how many hey, scoops did you get out of a tub? Uh, I think they're 40, 40, 40 servings per tub. Okay, so that's actually a good bit then. Yeah. So you got yeah, definitely... like a year worth of G Fuel behind you. Yeah, they're 40 servings. Uh, but yeah, there I got enough back there to last me a while. And I always say I don't plan on purchasing more, but I always do, so. Oh, they, they do new flavor that... stuff, right? So then you're like, oh my, if I need Yeah, new, new collector's box. Got to get it. Need it. I, I saw you bought the Doom one, and I actually thought that was pretty cool. Glad I didn't pick it up. Yeah. The Doom one, that's 300 milligrams of caffeine. Per scoop. So that, per scoop. Holy It's moly. a bigger scoop, too, so. I mean, it's spicy, too. Spicy lemonade is the flavor for it. But switching over from the G Fuel, let's get back to this XQC conversation we were having here. Yeah, this... So the first the first point that led him to success was the 125 hose from Sinatra. And then number two, which I think this would make most people possibly pretty big. Pretty big. turn into bigger streamers. A host from Tim the Tatman. And this was after he woke up at 6 a.m. to play with Tim all day. And they got 14 wins in a row. So Tim the Tatman's probably like, yo, send my viewers your way, dude. Like, you deserve well, they were this. This was a great together time. At the time. What was that? They were playing together at the time? Yeah, they were playing together that day. And then Tim the Tatman hosted them right after. Okay, see, so I, I thought from the way it was wrote, written in the notes, XQC woke up at 6 a.m. and he was grinding out. And Tim the Tatman saw him playing for like so long. And then he's like, oh, baby, I'm hosting you now. And then <laughs> and then after he got the host, he won 14 straight games. Yeah. So so they were actually playing together and got the 14 wins in a row. That's killer. Um, so, so, yeah, that, I mean, a 1,400-viewer host, that's ginormous. You can never expect that to happen. The 1,400 um, would... Like, even if you only retain 20% of them as, like, regular viewers, that's huge. It's like, yeah. a, it's like hundreds. The, th the thing is, um, Ninja, he did, he did, like, a tw test stream on Twitch uh, a couple weeks ago. And I watched him. I was in his channel when he hosted a Call of Duty Easter Egg Hunter uh, by the name. I think his name is, like, Geeky Pastimes or something like that. And I'm telling you, dude, this guy actually blew up. Because of Ninja's host of like seventy thousand people going into his channel, he's just got like he actually retained some of those viewers, and now he's he's doing better than he's ever done. I mean, to the point where Activision noticed him and stuff like that. So he he owes that one to Ninja for and sure. That, and that's what I always say, like people that you know, you see a lot of people on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh man, like my stream's not doing so well," or "How do I grow?" Mm -hmm. or this and that, and. Mm -hmm. And that's probably also the first post in a week. So that's like one of their starting problems is they're just not showing themselves enough. And another thing is if you don't stream that much, and especially if you don't stream regularly, like I usually try and go live at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time most days. So people are like, oh, look at the time, boys. I think Giga might be live. And then they can go check. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, oh, 7.30, 8 o'clock, you know, like, or I guess, yeah, it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock, whatever, Eastern Time. 
people are like, oh, you might be streaming, and they can check the Discord and see that I'm live, or they can just pull up my channel. And, and I started doing this thing, which I find kind of funny, because it actually works, like, scary good. Is like, I put, you know how there's the go live notification? Yeah. Well, I put in it first, I put $200 for first person to get into the stream. And you actually get, like, so many people that come in right away, and it's so funny, because they get baited like crazy. Obviously, I don't pay. It's just, <laughs> it's just a troll. But it, and some people get really mad, dude. Like actually pissed. Like one guy was like, "Oh my god, it was so funny." And I'm like, "Well, I guess that guy doesn't like me for the content." It just makes me laugh, you know. It's coming it, it for is, the two hundred bucks. It is. It is what it is. You know? I'm not worried about that. I, I just think it's funny. You know? Yeah. It's a nice little troll so, like that. So we can basically go on an entire stream um, for streaming tips and tricks and what we've learned throughout the years of streaming. Yeah, for sure. And and we're going to do that. 100%. We're going to do that. We can bring on some guests. We already have some lined up. Talk about some Twitch streaming and how to better yourself, how to better your stream. And that'll probably be an amazing time, and it's going to be coming soon. Uh, I honestly can't wait for streams like that because I've learned so much. I know you've learned so much, and it'll be a fun time to discuss some of the things that we do to better our streams in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's get input from other people, too. It's like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the last things that XQC uh, explains that led to his success was him becoming a Twitch partner. And right now, it's it's pretty hard to do. You got to stream the streaming and consistency. That's all on you. Um, I've hit Wait. I've I hit those numbers every month, every thirty days. I have it. Yeah, um, you have to but, get. Uh, back then, you had to be partner to get the sub button, right? Like affiliate. I, I think subs. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, so that's huge back then. So right now you need to get the 75 average viewers, which is the hardest hardest part. I mean, 75 average viewers, that's a lot of people. And then you apply to become a partner. You just don't get it right away. So yeah. you apply, probably have to apply several times before they accept you in. But when XQC got partnered, his first day he got 13 subscribers. And back then, that's that was a huge deal. I mean, hey, 13 people subscribe to my channel. I'm a partnered streamer. Yeah, we both have A1. more than 13 right now. But, like, back then, that was huge. Like, yeah. holy. I mean, 13 subs, hey, you're looking at... Man, if I got 13 subs a stream, I'd be, like, screaming. That'd be nuts. So... Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be so happy about it. Yeah, like, that'd be insane. And and just to put into to, to aspect right now, XUC pulls in on average, at least 40k viewers right now. Like, every time he streams. Which is insanity. Like, it really is it's just insane. Actually insanity. But I just I just thought it was cool to bring up um, his his what led him to success and how it's changed so differently now. Because, I mean, A, 125 hosts, viewer hosts, it's going to be amazing. It probably oh, yeah. won't lead you to success as much as you would think it would. It could would. be a good stepping stone, it, but I don't think it's easily a good get, stepping stone. Get your partner overnight. No, definitely not. I mean, but now, if you take away the 125 hosts and you say, hey, you get hosted by Sinatra, there you go. Yeah. Because now he's probably pulling in thousands. Exactly. Um, if you get a host from Tim the Tapman, you're good to go. You're good to go. And uh, maybe King honestly, George will host me one day. If I had if I had one tip for streaming before we get into an entire podcast about tips and tricks on streaming, it's consistency. Just make sure you're a consistent streamer. You're always putting out content as much as you can. 
and just try your best honestly G yeah. give it give it your all when you do stream i think my number one tip would be to put yourself out there like if you're mm -hmm. not active on your socials or anything like that or in discords or you're not talking to people it's going to be a lot harder for people to know your name and but then if you start talking with people and you make friends and stuff then these are people that are genuinely going to want to check out your streams and hang out and that also builds relationships which is obviously a good thing to have absolutely you got to have both though like you know grow yourself a community consistency and uh putting yourself out there and if you don't have those two things as your foundations for building your streaming career then you're screwed from the start it's true facts right there um so that being said probably that, this that's one up, eh? that's the guest podcast there we got the gaming we got the esports we got the streaming we got the technology I, uh, um, if anyone's watching to this end uh, on YouTube, for example, please let us know. Put a comment down below and, you know, let us know what you thought. Uh, I'll probably put some text at the start, too, which you would have already seen about, you know, asking for a, a comment on improvements that we can make because we're going to take those straight to heart because that's things that we want to directly do to help ourselves and help you guys enjoy the podcast better. Yeah, as, as a first episode, I, I'd say that we definitely have a lot of things to work on, but we kind of hammered this one down and... I can't wait for next week's episode, honestly, because it's a lot of fun. Agreed. Um, expect some guests on the podcast. Um, guests on we'll the be guest. putting, We'll be putting more news and try to get some viewers' opinions and uh, suggestions. Well, try to implement them into too, the podcast. Right? What was that? Next one will be live, too, right? So... Yeah, we're going to be going live with these podcasts as well. Um, it's a possibility that not every single podcast will be live, yeah. but we are going to try our best to uh, live stream these on each other's channels. Expect the podcast on um, YouTube, Twitch being live streamed. Then you can put it on Spotify. Uh, we're probably going to try to go for apples, things like that. We're, we're going to try to put it everywhere. Yeah, as many your spots as you can get. Listening pleasure. Exactly. That being said, everybody have a great night. This is the guest podcast with Tommy Nation Gigabit Gaming. And see you next time. Make sure to check out our socials. Bye bye.